Today being uh, Mother's Day, I thought it would be appropriate for us to look at a great story on the Old Testament about a woman named Jochebed. By the way, that's a great idea for a baby girl name if you're looking for one. Uh, we are continuing our series today, Epic, Great God, Great Stories, and we'll be in chapters one and two of the book of Exodus in a message that I've titled, Jochebed, A Mom and a Child in Danger. In our home, the bird home, one of our favorite TV shows the past few years has been the show, The Goldbergs. It, anybody know about The Goldbergs? A few of you, you're missing out. Uh, it's a show about a family in Philadelphia that's set in the 1980s. And besides scratching our itch for 80s nostalgia, one of the great things about the show is the mom in the family, Beverly Goldberg, who is a woman that will go to any length to protect her kids. She is always working in the very best interest of her kids as she sees it. Any uh, teacher, any coach, any principal, any parent who dares to act in a way she deems not in the best interest of her kids, that person is immediately going to be finding themselves facing a woman who will stop at absolutely nothing to force compliance with her preferred outcome for her children. And it makes for comedy gold, although be forewarned, it can at times be a rather earthy show, so just forget that I recommended it, but it is, it is comedy gold. And the show usually ends with some kind of lesson that the family learned from the problems that they encountered on the show, and Often it's that Beverly has to learn that there are limits to what she can accomplish by the sheer force of her will. She, she has to learn that there are some things that she just can't do to protect her kids and bring about the preferred outcome that she desires. And she often has to learn that, that when she tries by the force of her will to accomplish things that are not within her ability to accomplish she ends up doing more harm than good. Maybe some of you moms have experienced that. The story we look at today, the story of Jochebed, is the story of a mom who was tenacious in defending and caring for and working for the best interest of her children. In our story today, it was her youngest child, uh, Moses. The story of Jochebed is the story of a mom whose child was placed in severe danger, danger that surpassed her ability to overcome by the sheer force of her will. And as we interact with this story today, we're going to discover some valuable lessons that can be applied to moms as well as dads and really can be applied uh, to, to any of us here today. Jochebed was the mom of one of the Bible's most famous characters, most famous figures, Moses. But Moses' story almost ended before Moses was even born, uh, or soon after he was born, because he was born into a very dangerous situation. After Joseph, of Joseph and the Coat of Many Colors fame, Joseph who became second in Egypt, second in command in Egypt, after Joseph had relocated his family, the Israelites, to Egypt, time passed and eventually Joseph and his parents and all of his brothers passed. But their descendants rapidly multiplied in Egypt. 
Eventually, a new king came to power in Egypt that had not known Joseph and was not favorably inclined toward the Israelites. He came to consider them a threat to Egypt because according to chapter 1, the descendants of Joseph had multiplied so much that they now outnumbered the Egyptians and they were stronger than the Egyptians. And so the king devised a plan to reduce the growth rate and the power of Israel. And his plan was that he instructed the Jewish midwives that helped the Jewish women, uh, women to give birth, that if a boy was born to a Jewish woman, the midwives were to kill the child. The midwives feared God, and so they did not carry out the king's wishes, which caused him to just go to a different plan and enlist more people in his uh, evil. Verse 22 of chapter 1 tells us, Then Pharaoh gave this order to all his people. Throw every newborn Hebrew boy into the Nile River, but you may let the girls live. So what Pharaoh did is he deputized every single Egyptian to become executioners of the newborn Hebrew boys, uh, an evil, evil uh, edict. An evil edict that immediately placed every husband and wife expecting a child in a terrifying situation. An evil edict that placed every newborn boy in extreme danger, including the soon-to-be-born Moses. So let's pick up the story in Exodus chapter 2. I'm going to read verses 1 through 4. I think I might have given them the wrong translation when they made the slide, so there might be a couple of variations, but I'm uh, reading from the New Living Translation. Here's what we find. About this time, a man and a woman from the tribe of Levi got married The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. The baby's sister then stood at a distance watching to see what would happen to him." So Pharaoh has issued this evil decree, placing this newborn baby boy Moses in extreme danger. And we see in these verses that Jochebed courageously took decisive action to try to protect her child. First, she hid him for three months. We're not told how she was able to do that, no doubt. Moses was like every other child. He probably did a fair bit of crying. No doubt there were close calls during those months, times when they were almost discovered, but somehow she kept him hidden in defiance of the king's edict. At three months, for a reason that we're not given, she concluded that she could not hide him anymore. But she doesn't just give up. Instead, she crafts a a floating basket, she places Moses in it, she hides him among the reeds along the banks of the Nile a river, a, a river that would be filled with all kinds of danger, poisonous snakes. But she considered this course of action to give him a better chance than staying where the Egyptians were going to find him. And then she instructs her daughter, Miriam, Moses' big sister, to watch from a distance and see what would happen. Imagine how gut-wrenching this entire situation is for this entire family, how gut-wrenching this was for Jochebed. But she and her child had been thrust into a dangerous situation that they could not escape 
by the sheer force of their will. Jochebed could not wish this away. Jochebed could not will this situation away. After Jochebed's courageous actions to try to preserve her child's life, the little boy Moses finds favor from a very unlikely source. Let's pick up the story at verse 5. Soon Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river, and her attendants walked along the riverbank. When the princess saw the basket among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it for her. When the princess opened it, she saw the baby. The little boy was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. Then the baby's sister approached the princess. Should I go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you, she asked. Yes, do, the princess replied. So the girl went and called the baby's mother, called Jochebed. Take this baby and nurse him for me, the princess told the baby's mother. I will pay you for your help. So the woman took her baby home and nursed him. What an amazing turn of events. The little boy who had been under threat of death is now favored by the daughter of Pharaoh. She wants him to be her own. His life is preserved. And Jochebed now gets to nurse him until he's weaned. Not only is his life preserved, but she gets to spend more time with him. What a wonderful turn of events. What a, what a positive development. Imagine how happy Jochebed would have been. Her child is safe and she's taking care of him. But this blessing came with its own painful reality. Jochebed was only going to be able to care for the child until he was weaned. He, he would then become the son of Pharaoh's daughter, be taken from his home and be raised in Pharaoh's court. He was going to be raised as an Egyptian, be raised by the oppressor of Israel. His life was preserved, but the situation was still painful. And then the day came when Jochebed had to say goodbye to her precious boy. Verse 10 tells us about this. Later, when the boy was older, his mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter who adopted him as her own son. The princess named him Moses for she explained, I lifted him out of the water. So this is the story of Jochebed and Moses. An evil edict places a newborn boy in danger. A courageous mom takes decisive action to try to preserve his life. The boy finds favor from an unlikely source and his life is preserved, but the means of pres preservation comes with a painful goodbye and a loving mom having to yield the care of her son to someone else. If you know the rest of the story of Moses, you, knew, you know that he grew up uh, to eventually uh, heed the call of God to deliver the children of Israel from their bondage to the Egyptians. He is one of the towering figures in the Old Testament and one of the towering figures in the history of the Jewish people. Jochebed was also mother to uh, Moses' older brother and sister, Aaron and Miriam. They each grew up to be significant figures in the Old Testament and the history of Israel. Aaron was a priest, Miriam was a prophetess, and they assisted Moses as he led the children of Israel out of their slavery to Egypt. Now, Jochebed wasn't the mother of perfect children. Moses, Aaron, and Miriam all failed God in various ways, but she was the mother of three children who grew up to be impressive people, grew up to be great people. And while no parent is good enough to guarantee a good outcome with their kids, 
we see in the story of Jochebed and Moses and Pharaoh's evil edict some of the qualities that Jochebed possessed that helped to influence and shape her children into the people that they would become. And so now we've seen the story. I want us to consider some of the lessons from the story. These lessons are applicable to all of us, but are especially relevant for moms today. The first lesson I want to highlight is that Jochebed recognized God's hand on her child. In Exodus chapter 2 and verse 2, we read, she saw that he was a special baby. Many Bible commentators say that this is more than an acknowledgement that he was, you know, generically special. This was, this was more than just saying, oh, he's really cute or isn't he precious. This, this was a recognition that there was something unique uh, about him. They say that it, it meant here that Jochebed recognized that Moses was a child, who's got, a child uh, who God's hand was on in a very special way. For her to recognize this means that she had to be attentive to such things. It means that she was seeking God for wisdom and insight about her child. She was about more than simply caring for his physical needs. She was seeking guidance from God regarding her child's purpose. Moms and dads, we need to be attentive to God's hand on our children. We need to be attentive to what God's purpose for our kids might be. Beyond caring for their physical needs, we need to be people who are looking for evidence of what God is doing in the lives of our child, what unique way he has placed his hand on them. Of course, few children ever have the unique calling Moses did to be a national leader and lead his people out of the oppression of another nation, but Christians believe that God has a purpose for every single one of us, that God has a special purpose for every child. And so we need to be people who are attentive and recognize God's work in our children's lives. Sometimes we get so caught up in providing for their physical needs, food, clothing, and shelter that we can fail to be attentive uh, to God's work in their lives. But nothing is more important than appreciation for how God is working in our kids to bring about his purpose for their lives. Here's our second lesson. Jochebed did not allow fear to paralyze her. Even though the circumstances she was in uh, were fear-inducing and would have understandably uh, caused her to just feel paralyzed. Moses' parents are listed in the Faith Hall of Fame in Hebrews chapter 11. Here's what verse 23 says of them. It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child, and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. I don't think this means that they did not experience anxiety and fear uh, over the edict of Pharaoh. I think it means precisely what it says. They weren't afraid to disobey the king's command. No, no doubt the threat on their child's life caused fear, but they did not let the fear paralyze them. Their concern for their child served as a catalyst for action. When my son 
Aaron was about two years old, we were at my aunt and uncle's house, and uh, they had a koi pond. And little Aaron was uh, bent down looking at the fish in the koi pond, and uh, he looked a little too closely. And suddenly he tumbled in head first. And he did not have the awareness as a two-year-old or the strength as a two-year-old to tend to his own safety. And the water was just deep enough and the pond just large enough that he was not going to get out of this situation on his own. I was standing the nearest the pond, but I was a combination of stunned and confused, which is often the case with me. I also don't think I quite understood the seriousness of the situation. And so I was very slow to react. I really was sort of like paralyzed. I was like watching it all, but it's like I wasn't really there. And so I just kind of stood flat-footed. Michelle, on the other hand, was on the porch, probably about 30 feet away, with a row of bushes between her and the pond. She saw what happened. She was completely clued into the danger and how quickly he could take the water into his lungs. And in a split second, in her long flowing skirt, she had leaped off the porch, covered the 20 or 30 feet to the bushes, leaped over the bushes, jumped in the pond, and with one impressive smooth motion, slid underneath him in the pond, grabbed him with one hand, and lifted him up out of the water. She experienced intense fear for her child, but the fear didn't paralyze her. The fear served as a catalyst for decisive action. Now, I am convinced, and and this is sort of an old reference, which old references is pretty much all I have these days, but, but I'm fairly convinced that if Hulk Hogan had been standing between Michelle and Aaron, trying to prevent her from helping him, that what would have happened is that she would have taken Hulk Hogan out at the knees, she would have throat punched him and left him there motionless on the grass as she went and got Aaron out of the pond. We all have a choice when presented with threats. They can paralyze us or they can serve as catalysts to decisive action. And there's application here in really all areas of our lives. What are some of the things that may be facing you difficult situation threats that maybe are tempting you to just kind of like get paralyzed. You know, one that I think does this to people are financial struggles. You know, sometimes when we have financial struggles, we just feel paralyzed. It, it just makes us want to crawl in bed, pull the covers over our head, go to sleep and try to forget that there are bills in the drawer. We try to avoid reality. Maybe if you have this, you know, nagging suspicion that something's off with you physically, instead of taking action, getting to the doctor, you're putting it off, just hoping that ignoring the situation will cause it to go away. Whenever we face any kind of threat, we have a choice to make. We can let the fear paralyze us, 
or we can allow the fear to cause us to take decisive action. And one of my prayers for us today is that we would be people that when we experience fearful situations, they would serve as a catalyst to take action. We see in the story that Jochebed did everything she could to protect her child. She defied the edict. She kept him hidden. When she couldn't do that anymore, she came up with this plan to make the basket and hide him in the river. When favor came from Pharaoh's daughter, she cooperated with it because she wanted her boy to survive. She wanted him to be safe. Moms and dads, it is pleasing to God when we do everything we can for the good of our kids. That is our role in their lives. That is what we are supposed to do. But the next two points are the ones that I most feel God wants to impress on our hearts today, and especially the hearts of some of our moms. And here's the first one. Jochebed realized the limits of her abilities. She realized when she had reached the limit of what she could do. It's important for all of us, it's important for you moms, to recognize the limits of your abilities. You should do everything you can for your child. But moms, everything is not within your control. And you have to realize and you have to make peace with the fact that not everything is within your ability to do for your child. For a while, it was within her ability to keep Moses hidden in her home. But then she couldn't pull that off anymore. It was within her ability to construct the basket and place him in it, but it was not within her ability to control what happened once she placed the basket in the Nile River. It was within her ability to care for the child at the princess's request, but it wasn't within her ability to deny the princess when she came to get Moses. She could have tried at any of these points, to go beyond what was within her ability to do. She could have tried to do what was impossible for her to do. And she would have done more harm than good. We want to think that when it's about our children, we can will ourselves to do whatever's required in service to what's in their best interest. But we are fooling ourselves if we think that our ability will always be able to match their need. It won't. And when we try to do what is beyond our doing, we don't help the situation. We can actually make it worse. Jochebed did everything she could for Moses, but she realized the limits of what she could do. And when she reached that limit, here's what she did. And it's what you moms have to do. She trusted God for what was beyond her control. She trusted God. The only option left to her. I can't make this happen. I just have to trust God for what's beyond my control. Once she reached the point of placing Moses in the basket and placing the basket in the water, she was acknowledging that the situation was now beyond her ability. 
She now had to trust God for what she could no longer control. And here's what God did. He orchestrated something that Jochebed could have never imagined and that Jochebed could never have made happen. God caused the daughter of the man who had issued the evil edict, the man who was trying to kill all the Jewish boys, God caused that man's daughter to find the boy. God, this does not seem like a good plan. Why her? Of all people, why her? But God knew what he was doing. God had the princess's heart be soft toward the boy. The princess showed favor to the boy. And God used the house of the person trying to kill all the boys and made it a place of safety for Moses. It's amazing. Something only God could work out. Jochebed had to trust God for what was beyond her control. As I read the story, I'm led to believe that Moses likely continued to have some interaction on a limited basis with his biological family. But what does appear likely, because he was raised as an Egyptian, is that Jochebed had to live with reality that there were now influence on his life, influences on his life that might lead him away from fidelity to Yahweh. And in fact, we know this is true because when God finally spoke to him and said, I want you to go back and lead my people out of their bondage, Moses said, well, can you tell me who I'm supposed to tell the people uh, sent me to do this? Like God had to reveal himself uh, to, to, to Moses. He, he didn't know him uh, previously to that. He was physically safe. And Jochebed was thankful for that. But she did not know how his story was going to turn out. She didn't know if her son would forever be an Egyptian, forever be separated from faithfulness to Yahweh. And she wouldn't know. She wouldn't know. Jochebed very likely passed away before Moses had his burning bush experience and eventually returned to lead Israel out of their bondage to Egypt. She wouldn't see that. She wouldn't know the rest of the story. But she had done all she could to put her stamp on her child. And while she did not see the end result of his life, her influence extended beyond what she was able to personally witness. Moms, your influence is going to extend beyond what you're able to personally witness. God's going to continue to use your influence on your children even when you don't get to see the end result. All of us, but especially you moms here today, I implore us to follow Jochebed's example. We need to be people who look for the hand of God on our children. May God give you the ability to, to see what he's up to in your child's life, to see what his unique 
purpose for your child is. Moms, don't let fear paralyze you. But instead, when you experience feelings of fear for your child, let it be a catalyst to cause you to do and to act decisively on your child's behalf. But moms, you have to realize the limits of your abilities or you will set yourself and your children up for all kinds of trouble. You'll do more harm than good. You'll wreck your emotional and mental health if you try to do more than you're able to do. Moms, when you reach the limits of your abilities, you do all that's left to do. You trust God for what's beyond your control. God can do stuff that you can't do. You know, we're fond of telling each other that if we do our best, our best is enough. But that's only true in one sense. Our best is not always going to be enough to secure the best interest of our children. It's just not. I'm sorry to break that to you, but our best is not always enough to get the outcome that we wanted from our kids. Our best is only enough in the sense that it's all we can do. But like, it's what we're, what we're capable of is our best. That's it. That's all we can do. That's the sense that it's enough. But it's not always enough to secure the outcome that you want. Everything your child needs won't always be able to be met by you doing your all. Sometimes there are situations that surpass your ability and you have to be willing to trust God for what you can't do. And so I just want to leave you with this. It sounds like a cliche, but it is true. And if you'll believe this, moms, you'll take a lot of pressure off of yourself. You will save both yourself and your child the damage that comes from trying to go beyond what is within your ability to do. You will have more peace. Here it is. You've heard it a thousand times. Do your best and trust God with the rest. That is all anyone can do. That is the best that you can do. If you are doing that, mom, you're doing a great job. You're doing a great job. And you need to take the pressure off of yourself for what you can't control. Let's stand.